Cultivating Gentleness At a time in history when so many individuals, families, and group entities are at odds with one another, it seems like a great time to take a deeper look at the spiritual gift of gentleness. Some of you might already be chuckling. Perhaps you find yourself already tiptoeing around your last good nerve. In the pandemic, much of what we do may take longer to accomplish or not be possible to do at all. The pressure resulting from these changes are enough to challenge even the most gentle spirit. Fortunately, there is hope. We can choose gentleness. I'm not promising you it's going to be easy, but I will promise you it will be worth it. Fortunately, we have some divine guidance. In Proverbs 15.1, we read, A gentle answer turns away wrath, but a harsh word stirs up anger. I'm sure you'll agree with me that an accusatory tone when delivering a complaint only heaps kerosene onto what might already be a fiery exchange. But a gentle ask delivered in a soft tone invites a more positive response. Like many of the topics I study, gentleness is one skill I have yet to master. Far from it, in fact. I'm a work in progress and will no doubt be pursuing higher levels of cultivating gentleness until the day I draw my last breath. Believe me, I'm a student of the words God gives me just as much, and if not more so, than you are. When it comes to practicing gentility in the community, consider this helpful verse from Colossians 4, 5-6. Be wise in the way you act towards outsiders. Make the most of every opportunity. Let your conversation always be full of grace, seasoned with salt, so that you may know how to answer everyone. If a friend or neighbor lashes out or vents frustration, you can gently offer empathy, encouragement, or hopeful words, taking care not to diminish their pain or suffering. A wise tack to take in all communicative dealings is to ask God for wisdom in how to answer everyone. I absolutely love this passage from Zechariah 7, 9-10. The Lord says in it, as quoted by the prophet, Administer true justice, show mercy and compassion to one another. Do not oppress the widow or the fatherless, the foreigner or the poor. Do not plot evil against each other. When you choose the high road of gentleness, you reap a blessing too. Gentleness always chooses healing words. In Proverbs 15.1 we read, Gracious words are like a honeycomb, sweet to the soul and healing to the bones. Maybe the phrase, you catch more flies with honey, stems from that proverb. Let's put out our honey and put away our vinegar. God alone knows who might benefit from the gentle kindness and soft words we can choose to fully promote gentleness. In doing this, we just might be able to repair that one last frayed nerve of our own as well. We'll again be operating fully in His strength and basing our actions on His wisdom. And I'm sure you'll agree with me that we're going to need it. And I'd like to today share from my first book, Side Door. And this entry just reminds me that sometimes the thing we need to mitigate most with regard to gentleness is what's inside ourselves. The side door, security and being loved. Our primal need for love is deep-seated. We are born into this world with a God-shaped hole that only He can successfully fill. It is an integral part of God's plan to mold us for relationship with Him and then with one another. His plan centers around a home featuring a loving mother and father who are committed to each other for life, as well as to the one true God. Together, mother and father provide love and security while setting healthy boundaries as they prepare their offspring for successful launches into the world. Ideally, the children themselves can one day 
be affected parents and kingdom workers like their parents before them. Of course, we all know this scenario could not be farther from the norm as today's families are reflected in our broken world. And the trouble doesn't just stop there. Popular culture and the media in particular are keen on steering our desires to many other substitutes vying to fill our God-shaped holes. Satan loves to dangle inferior substitutes, such as fame, fortune, and power, in front of the chronically dissatisfied. More subtle substitutes are those deemed socially acceptable, such as an overweighted, hyperextended romantic or parental love. Problems arise when anything else occupies the top spot God requires in our lives. Young girls fed a steady diet of shows like The Bachelor crave a highly idyllic, manufactured form of romantic love nearly impossible to achieve outside of carefully crafted reality television. And the parents who pour their entire heart and soul, as well as their Saturdays and Sundays, into their children's social life, sports schedules, and academic pursuits also set themselves up for eventual estrangement from each other and from God. The good news is, unlike all other forms of love, God's love is truly perfect. It is never conditional, it never vacillates, or is never dependent on circumstance or reciprocity. God loves those who don't love Him just as much as He loves those who do. When we internalize the full extent of God's love, we can feel the wind beneath our wings to such a life-changing degree that it transcends all of our expectations. A couple of years back, I struggled with feelings of acceptance and love from those around me. During a Bible study of Ephesians, I began to pray that God would help me to deeply feel His love to such an extent that I would be able to literally live on it. I made up my mind that the love I received from friends and family members would be the gravy and that God would be the main dish, my all-in-all, my pot roast. This didn't happen overnight. I began to pray Ephesians 3.18 over and over again. Over a period of months, I experienced a transformation in my life. My thinking about sitting occasionally by myself in church began to shift, and I felt an intense level of intimacy and communion between God and myself. Through prayer and petition, my feelings matched God's promises. And yes, I really did feel Jesus' love for me. And the key to kingdom living is internalize the deep love that God has for you. And the Bible verse is Psalm 46.10. Be still and know that I am God. Thank you for tuning in today to his GPS for your SOS. Cindy also posts encouragement daily on Instagram. Her first two books in her Planned Door Devotion Trilogy are available on Amazon. Her bi-monthly blogs can be found at cindyyorks.com.